Hello, and welcome to the TID Water and Power Podcast. I'm your host, Constance Anderson, and on this month's episode, we're discussing the electrification of the transportation sector and TID's electric vehicle program. Electric vehicles continue to grow in popularity, but there are still many barriers that prevent the transportation sector from making the complete switch from gas vehicles. And with mandates on electric vehicle sales coming in 2035, electric vehicles will not be going away. To help remove some of these barriers, TID is leveraging credits from the state to fund an electric vehicle program, offering rebates, information, and even the opportunity to test drive an electric vehicle. On this episode, I'm joined by TID Energy Services Manager, Monique Hampton, to discuss California's shift to electric vehicles, how TID is removing barriers for customers to drive an EV, and what the district is doing to incorporate EVs into its vehicle fleet. Monique, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right. So Monique, you have joined us previously on the podcast uh, during episode eight, where we discussed TID's work within the community. Um, But for our newer listeners, can you give us a little background on your history with the district? Yeah, I was hired by TID in 2011 as a utility analyst. Um, At that time, my responsibilities consisted of working with energy efficiency, rebates and programs, and working with electric rates. In 2018, the district wanted um, all things related to public benefits, including programs and services, to stand on its own, and I was promoted to the energy services manager. Today, Energy Services develops and implements customer-facing programs and services, including energy efficiency, low income, and electric vehicles. All right. And today we are going to talk about electric vehicles. But before we dive into TID's electric vehicle programs, I think it's important to define what we mean when we say electric vehicles or EVs, as they're commonly referred. So what are electric vehicles? How do we define that? Yeah, so electric vehicles um, at its basic form is a vehicle that uses its electric motor as its driving force. Um, So the EVs use electricity as its fuel, and um, it stores it in rechargeable batteries. All right. Can you tell us about some of the most common types of of EVs that we might encounter? Yeah, there's the two most common types of electric vehicles are the all-electric vehicles, um, which use exclusively electricity, um, and they plug... And then the other one is plug-in hybrids, which use both gas and electric. Now, there are two types of hybrids. Um, there are hybrid vehicles that do not plug in and use both a battery and a gas source. Uh, the way the battery is charged is through regenerative braking um, and by the engine. The second one, um, and the one that we're referring to here, are the plug-in hybrids, which are those that plug into an outlet to charge the batteries. The plug-ins use both the battery and the motor to fuel the vehicle. And without getting too technical, can you tell our listeners just quickly what is a regenerative braking system that you mentioned charges the batteries of uh, of that first hybrid you talked about? As the vehicle is actually moving and customers are hitting the brake, it actually is recharging the battery. All right. So the EV industry, as I understand, has expanded and evolved its definitions um, to more of a ZEV or zero emission vehicle terminology. Uh, especially as it relates to some of the mandates that we're going to discuss a little bit later in the podcast, the two types of vehicles that we spoke about before, the the plug-in hybrids and the and the regenerative braking hybrids, those also are included when we say ZEV. No, just the plug-in hybrids are considered ZEVs. 
I know I'm asking you a lot about the makeup of these cars, but I think it's important to kind of have some sort of um, clarity as to what these different vehicles are. Can you describe for us what a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle is? Sure. So the hydrogen fuel cell vehicles actually run on hydrogen. Now, that's not very common in today, um, but the purpose of those uh, vehicles is the emissions is still clean and it act, the emissions actually is water-based. Oh, interesting. So it's a cleaner fuel. Okay. Which, as you mentioned, not as readily available, but maybe something that we'll see more of in the future? Potentially, yeah. Okay, great. So I think when most listeners think electric vehicle, uh, they think of a Tesla, a Nissan Leaf, um, you know, something that they, they typically see on the roads um, comes to mind. But there are many different sizes and uses of electric vehicles. Can you explain a little bit further about some of the functions that these EVs might serve? Sure. So there's three types of uh, kind of weight classes, if you will, of electric vehicles, um, as in with any um, gas vehicle. You have your light, medium, and heavy-duty type vehicles. So let me give you a couple examples. So your light-duty vehicles consist of um, sedans, SUVs, and minivans. Your medium-duty vehicles consist of box trucks, shuttle buses, and vans. And then for the heavy, we look at city transit buses, school buses, and even refrigerated trailers. Now, all of these types of vehicles um, aren't necessarily available today in electric vehicle form. Um, but with the way the industry is changing, um, they will be here soon enough. Got it. Okay. Uh, any other types of electric vehicles that bear mentioning? Yeah, there's a, also some miscellaneous type vehicles that we may be more common to know, um, such as electric forklifts, uh, motorcycles. We even have bikes and scooters that are electric. All right. I think I've seen a couple of those in my neighborhood, actually. <laughs> um, all right. So we've talked a little bit about the different types of EVs. Um, I would imagine there are different types of chargers as well. Okay. So there are three types of chargers commonly used today. Level one, level two, and level three. A level one is a standard 120 volt charger. Um, that's just like your typical outlet. Um, it is the slowest charger available. Um, but it's also readily available. So customers can charge, um, their car and get about on average three to five miles per hour of charging. The second one is a level two, and that's a uses a 240-volt circuit, just like your clothes dryer uses. Um, these types of chargers have, have to specifically be installed or wired, um, but it's a little faster than a level one. Um, on average, again, you can get between 12 to 60 miles per hour of charging. Okay. And then last um, is a level three, which is also known as a direct current fast charger, or the industry calls it the DC fast charger. Uh, this is typically the type of charger you'll see in a commercial or public charging setting. Um, and then on average, they'll get about 180 to 240 miles per hour of charging. And can all vehicles use each of these chargers? Most EVs can use all types of chargers. The typical public chargers are your level twos and level threes. Now, you'll notice that Tesla has their own specific chargers and they have their specific adapters for those particular chargers. All those vehicles that are non-Tesla chargers can use um, a level two with a standardized plug called a J1772. And that's typical what you'll see. So for Tesla drivers, they just have to have an adapter to use those level twos. Um, but to answer your question, the most commonly plug available is the J1772, which you'll find at most level two chargers. And then there's the CCS combo, um, and that's for DC fast chargers. Again, 
all vehicles will have to have an adapter to do so um, to charge on those DC fast chargers. Okay. So let's move now to the question of why EVs? Uh, it seems like there's been a big push, especially in California. Can you explain what we're seeing in the state? Sure. So part of California's um, goals is to reduce emissions. One of the largest sectors that contributes to emissions is, trans is the transportation industry. Therefore, California has set a deadline of by 2035, all new vehicles sold in the state will have to be a ZEV, as we described earlier. Again, ZEVs are all electric vehicles, plug-in hybrids, or hydrogen vehicles. But as we add electric vehicles to the roads, we're likely adding additional load to the California power grid. How is TID mitigating this potential load increase? TID is constantly evaluating our system. Our engineers study all new mandates, new construction, and electrification. And they're constantly planning for the future load that we see coming. So with the current mandates being imposed, is California or the federal government doing anything to make electric vehicles more accessible or more attractive to car buyers? Yeah, so both the state and federal um, have a push to make EVs more accessible. Um, and to do so, they have a goal to install 500,000 public charters in the nation by 2030 and 250,000 in California by 2025. Um, part of this is to eliminate range anxiety and to make EVs more attractive. I can see where range anxiety could be an issue if you're trying to get from point A to point B and have a limited number of chargers to, to jump from. Um, but that's a big increase in, uh, in infrastructure in the state. Um, are there any other opportunities that the, the state or the federal government is offering at this time? Yeah, since the EV um, world is kind of changing um, pretty rapidly, the federal and state both have um, incentives and tax credits. Um, one of them being the California Air Resources Board. They offer rebates for electric vehicles and for the EV chargers. Um, and then, as you know, the automobile manufacturers are phasing out gas vehicles. And so there's going to be more EV options um, coming uh, coming soon. Um, also, just to note, um, some of the new makes and models and some of the incentives and the tax credits, all that information can be found on TID's EV guide. You can go to ev.tid.org for more information. Okay, let's talk now about TID's electric vehicle programs. Uh, what can you tell us about the genesis of the, the TID EV program? Yeah, in 2018, the board adopted a resolution to promote electric vehicles and the commitment to leveraging technology for the benefit of its customers. So to stay ahead of the EV market as it transforms, we are confident EV adoption will grow, go up in our area. Um, so TID felt that it was important to occur, encourage the purchase of EVs. All right. And we're going to talk specific dollars uh, in terms of rebates in, in just a moment. But first, let's talk about where the financing for these rebates comes from. How is it that TID is able to provide EV rebates to interested customers? TID participates in California's Low Carbon Fuel Standards Program. The program is designed to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. So how it works is those who are greenhouse gas emitters, such as gas and diesel refineries, have to pay credits to offset their emissions. In turn, TID is able to procure those credits by the number of EVs in our territory and by tracking the energy usage from EV charging. The, the credits that TID is able to procure is then monetized. 
and is able to be used on only transportation electrification. I will note that once the state has reached its objectives, the LCFS credit program will go away. And as of today, we're unsure when that is. Okay. So by participating in this program, the Low Carbon Fuel Standards Program, it's sort of a a balancing um, opportunity between the the, uh, state and those interested in purchasing EVs that they pay credits to offset their emissions that TID can then turn around and offer to interested customers to buy a lower emission vehicle. Correct. Okay. To meet the state's objectives of the greenhouse gas emission reductions. Got it. Okay. So now let's talk specifically about what TID offers its customers. Uh, what does TID have in the way of rebates for customers who are looking to switch to an electric vehicle? Yeah, so we have residential electric vehicle rebates. Um, a customer can receive up to $500 for a qualifying EV. Um, and the eligible vehicles are, again, the plug-in hybrid, electric hybrid, or an all-electric vehicle. Um, they can also be used on used EVs. And additionally, if you're a CARES customer, you can receive an additional $700. That's a total of $1,200 if you're a CARES customer. Uh, you can receive that for your EV rebate. Wow, that's great. In addition, we have a residential charger rebate, which is $300 when purchasing and installing a level two charger. Um, And again, if you're a CARES customer, you get an additional $100 rebate. And just to note, the level two charger requires a 240 volt circuit, which does require some installation. We also have commercial vehicle and charger rebates. So for vehicles, we have a range that's between $500 for the light duty up to $5,000 for the heavy duty or school buses. We also offer $1,000 for level two chargers. And if TID is able to procure the LCFS credits, like we talked about earlier, we give our commercial customers um, a rebate up to $20,000 for a DC fast charger and an infrastructure rebate up to $15,000 for installation of a level two charger. Wow, that's fantastic. But like you said, those we don't know when those credits are are going away. So it's it might be more of a limited time offer. Yeah. So these rebates are available on a first come, first serve basis. Our rebates can be applied for online at TID.org backslash rebates. And I think TID also has a special electric rate for EV customers. Is that right? Yes, you're right. TID launched a three-year experimental time of use rate in 2019. And our customers did see a benefit. Therefore, in April 2022, TID made the residential rate, uh, the EV rate permanent. So how this rate works is it encourages customers to charge at night. Um, And so for those who own EVs, if they can charge at night and put some of their loan at night, when the the energy rate is lower, um, they'll actually reap the benefits. And if customers would like to know if a DT rate, the electric vehicle rate schedule is right for them, they can go to my.tid.org to do a rate comparison from their current rate structure to the possible electric vehicle rate. Oh, that's great. So customers can actually go on my.tid.org to compare between different rates? Yes. Awesome. Okay. All right. So every driver's commute or drive pattern is, is obviously a little bit different. But there are some general calculations I would imagine we could use on the cost of charging a vehicle versus a gas vehicle. Is there any kind of standard um, that the industry uses to measure this out? 
Yeah. So on average, um, a driver travels about 1,200 miles per month, um, which approximately equates to 45 to $60 per month to charge. Okay. So 1,200 miles worth of gas or 45 to $60 a month to charge. Correct. All right. That could be a big difference. Okay. Earlier, we spoke about what the state and federal government are doing to promote infrastructure um, with the addition of chargers throughout the state. What is TID doing to assist with charging infrastructure here in our area? Yeah. So one of TID's objectives is to reduce the barriers for customers and the range anxiety um, when it comes to electric vehicles. Um, So we're going to use our LCFS funds, um, as we discussed earlier, to install TID-owned public chargers. We're super excited about that. Um, We'll be installing 10 level two chargers um, throughout our territory. Um, Some of the locations we have confirmed will be Ceres, Patterson, Houston, Turlock, and Hillmar. Um, We've been working with our municipalities to install these chargers at in some of their parking lots. We will be installing charge point level two chargers. Now, these chargers will have dual ports, meaning that it's one pedestal but has two ports. So two cars can charge at from this one charger. Great. And you said uh, TID has committed to 10 locations. Is that right? Yes, 10 locations. And you'll be able to find where the EV charging stations are located on various maps. Or again, if you go to ev.tid.org, you can find our charger locations there as well. Fantastic. Any guesses as to when we might see the first of these chargers installed? We will have the one at the Ceres Community Center installed before the end of the year. Wow, that's really exciting. Fantastic. Okay, so you've mentioned ev.tid.org a few times. What is this TID EV guide? Yeah, so we had a tool developed for TID that's called the TID EV Guide is what we kind of refer it as. It's a tool that that helps customers um, compare EVs based on the type, the size, and the range. It also does a cost comparison of ownership between an electric vehicle and a gas vehicle. Um, You can also see the rebates and incentives that are available. Um, And also, as I mentioned just a second ago, you can see where all the public chargers are located in our territory. Great. And what else is TID doing to increase EV awareness amongst our customers? Yeah. So if you're listening before October 8th, 2022, TID is going to be hosting our electric vehicle guest drive event for the second straight year. Uh, This is a great event. Customers are able to sign up to test drive several EVs including Teslas, and this year we'll have the new Ford Lightning F-150. Oh, fantastic. This event is very unique because it's actually um, EV owners who are passionate about their cars, and they actually take the guests um, on a drive, and they share all that needs to be known about uh, EV ownership. So this is not a dealership that's trying to sell people cars. This is an opportunity for our customers to actually come out and test drive no pressure and and kind of learn about what it is to be an EV owner? Yes, of course. And we will have um, displays out there to talk about how EV charging works. We'll have information on rebates um, to help assist the customer um, in their possible next purchase. Very cool. And where would a TID customer go to sign up for this opportunity? Yeah, they can go to tid.org backslash EV drive, or again, they can go to the ev.tid.org webpage. 
So just a note, spots are available on a first-come, first-served basis. So if you want to sign up, you might want to act fast. Awesome. And we will go ahead and put that link in the show notes as well so customers can find it there. So we've got our TID EV guide. We have the ride and drive opportunity. Are there other ways that TID is working with customers to promote electric vehicle awareness? Yeah, TID has been working with our local school districts to help support their transition to transportation electrification. Um, We have a couple of school districts that have purchased and or are looking to purchase electric school buses. Um, We have been supporting other customers who are looking to install public chargers. And kind of TID's role is to go out and assess the site and see what kind of electric um, infrastructure they're going to be needing. And then also we share as much information as we can when it comes to the rebates and incentives available to them. So we're hoping customers will look towards TID as a resource when it comes to EVs. It sounds like TID has a lot of programs and resources available for our customers. But let's talk really quickly about how many vehicles out of TID's fleet are currently electric. Sure. TID currently has 290 vehicles in its fleet, which is a combination of our light-duty, medium, and heavy-duty vehicles. Um, Of that, um, our first purchase was a fully electric van that the district had purchased for um, our IT department. In addition to the van, we currently have five plug-in hybrid sedans and six electric power takeoff bucket trucks. Electric power takeoff bucket trucks. What does that mean? Yeah, so the truck runs on gas but the bucket and cab controls are electric. So again, this is creating less emissions while the truck is idle at the job site. And just to note, we purchased three more EPTO bucket trucks um, and are expecting delivery in 2023. All right. And is TID looking to expand its electric vehicle fleet? As TID's fleet is expanding and it makes financial sense and is feasible, Uh, TID will be replacing with electric vehicles. So what I mean by that is as um, some of our vehicles are at the end of their life, we're looking to see if it makes most sense to purchase an electric vehicle. Um, As we mentioned earlier, there's a lot of makes and models that aren't currently available today, um, but the technology is only getting better. And so as we walk down this path, I can see TID procuring more electric vehicles in replacement of our older gas vehicles. So, um, and also to note, to remain in compliance with our regulatory um, standards, you know, it's projected that TID will have 60% of its fleet um, in some version of electric vehicle by 2037. Wow, that's a great goal. All right. We've covered a lot with regard to electric vehicles. Uh, Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Yeah, so if you're interested in electric vehicles or want additional information regarding EVs, please give us a call at 209-883-8432 or you can visit our EV guide at ev.tid.org. And just because it's fun to say, that's ev.tid.org. All right, Monique, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the TID Water and Power Podcast. You can find TID on Facebook at facebook.com slash TurlockID, on Instagram and Twitter at TurlockID, and on LinkedIn as the Turlock Irrigation District. I'm your host, Constance Anderson. We'll see you again next time.